All right, we've got a great episode coming up for you today. Why the Brooklyn Nets don't know how to lose. Depleted roster doesn't matter. You have Kevin Durant. He does exactly what he's been doing all season long and doesn't need even need as much time to accomplish it. Plus, the rookies keep right on rolling, getting a lot of positives from these young players and starting to give us this reality of where this team can go as they move forward and get healthy back from protocols, Doug. This is uh, nothing short of a shocking two-game run that maybe we shouldn't, we just shouldn't be surprised about it at this point. More whoops for me in the living room. At one point, a double fist pump up in the air. Uh, that one was silent. The silent double fist pump to let everyone that wasn't looking at me know that I was very, very excited about what was happening in this game. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. This Nets team, they, they're they're the only title contender that's also a plucky upstart. Like It's like it's almost impossible to be both things at the same time. The Nets have done it. We're going to talk about the win over the Sixers. But first... The fee music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. It is the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, the dominant Brooklyn Nets every single day. Over there is at Doug Norrie, Blue Check certified owner-operator DFSR for all your daily fantasy sports rankings. FanDuel, DraftKings, he's got you covered for those projections. I am at Adam Armbrecht covering the Giants for the One Giant podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the apps that you no longer want or need and also can negotiate better prices on the subscriptions that you want to keep. 114, 105, Doug, going away. The Brooklyn Nets beat the Philadelphia 76ers at home just the way we knew they would. Oh, yeah, that was like a little ellipses there. At the end. <laughs> like they knew they would. I was, you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable there. So, like that so, was... Sometimes when you're so jacked up about another win for the Brooklyn Nets, you almost just stop talking about it. <laughs> I was like looking at something else. All right. Yeah. No, look, <laughs> look, let's, let's be professionals here. We can, here we, go. We, can, we can make it past this. No, dude, like this is, this is crazy, man. This is one of these situations where I definitely went into this game thinking okay the last game was nice let's be realistic about this situation they're still very shorthanded yes they have Kevin Durant but it's still a lot of rookies like they're the on-court time for these guys is, is pretty minimal we got a high energy game last time and sometimes that adrenaline can carry you all the way through the the unexpected right and and I was kind of waiting I was actually just kind of convinced that this would be sort of a come down to earth game, man, wrong, (laughs) totally wrong. (laughs) They just do. They pull it off again. Durant. He's just too good. Like, I don't even know what to do. And he's so good. And it lifts everyone's. It just, it just lifts everyone around him so much. And it was just another superstar performance where I I don't know how many reminders we're going to need to do for the rest of the season, but he's just the best player in basketball it's actually getting to the not close point and he leads them again to this victory over the, a, a pretty healthy 76ers team that probably had no business losing to this, to the nets in this, ver- this version of the nets. 
No, we're going to get to the rookies again because there's some great performances and, and from different players, certainly within that group. Another veteran steps up in this game behind Kevin Durant. But to your point, it's the second of the back-to-back for the 76ers. Embiid didn't play in the first leg of it, though. He was dealing with some sore ribs. You come into the game, and I don't, you and I talked about it last episode, expectations, right? We're going to focus on Kevin Durant here. But when you come into this game, I don't know how quickly I started to, you know, want to put the jinx on it by tweeting something out way too soon in the first quarter. But it did feel like, hold on a second here. The Nets are go- looks like they're going to be capable of, of executing in a very similar fashion to the way they did against the Toronto Raptors. And it obviously starts with Kevin Durant. And the, the superlatives that you try to find to talk about this guy, it, it's incredible. And the Nets were able to do two things. Win a game that you probably didn't have any anticipation of them winning. And have Kevin Durant have one another incredible performance while playing underneath barely 40 minutes. Yeah, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. And they, they were buoyed by coming out and shooting just white hot to start the game. Yeah. I think they were 70% from three at some point during the game, like pretty like far into the game. <laughs> it was, you know, they I think the seven for their first 11. Um, I think they ended, maybe even the end of the half at 69% or something like that from three. And... So that like helps that helps like with the momentum piece, but the Durant piece was just even on a team like the Sixers who has, who have good wing defenders. Um, they didn't start the here, which I thought was a little weird considering it was, it was Durant and he seemed like a, like the guy that they would probably want to like match him up one for one. They go for, they go with Danny green instead. Still though, it's a, it's a good wing defense team. And, but it just doesn't matter. Like they, they end up throwing a ton of traps at him in double teams because that's going to usually be the way to get him off the game. But he just he passed out of them a bunch, right? Yeah. Like he, he, he passed out of those, uh, of those traps whenever he needed to. He was really quick with it, actually, which is just another sign that he's great leadership because he just trusts what's happening around him. We saw this again, and we'll get to this later when we talk about Blake. But like the trust around what he sees that even on this cast of characters that has not even been with the team, really, and he's still like, yeah, I still trust what's happening here. And so th- so when that, when both of those things are happening, it's just going to it, – it's one of these situations where like put almost anyone else around him and it's going to be very hard to beat them, <laughs> right? Because because if he's going to – if he's going to even with a modicum of trust anyone else that's there, plus he's just absolutely lethal all over the court, then what, what can like what can you do? And I think it, it was almost like you saw that in some of their faces. And you definitely saw it in Bede's face at times. Like he looked demoralized at times because yep. it was like, why? How can we be losing to this team? And yet here we are. We're losing to Kevin Durant and a bunch of guys who, you know, made it got into the NBA like six and a half seconds ago. And on twenty four shots for uh, for I almost said for Embiid for Kevin Durant thirteen to twenty four. Because you have that trust that you talked about with these young players, listen, you, you have to give the guys around you confidence because if you're if you're only going to be out there for 39 minutes, and I say only somewhat facetiously, but Kevin Durant was able to pick his spots to surge offensively. And, and when it mattered most, this was about getting to that place in the fourth quarter where I think he had another, if it wasn't six, seven points in a row, came down, had got uh got Tobias Harris who had just a god awful game for Philadelphia but got him underneath his legs on a triple picked up the four point play there barked barking at the refs about getting slapped on the elbow as he drained another triple late in this game like oh what a dagger like that uh, the, yeah no no go ahead it, it was it was absolutely it was absolutely assassin as as Ian Eagle you know easy money sniper out there on the floor like he just we said this so many times about him and I don't want to get circular on it but it just seems like Kevin Durant is like, okay, and now I'll bury you. 
It's just, it's by choice. It's not about if I can do it. It's about when I choose to do it. The fatigue factor has been the thing that sometimes we look at and say, man, is he just going to run out of legs here? And maybe that's going to affect what he's able to do. But it's not about the defense. It's not about what you throw at him. It's not about whether or not he can get to his spots. It's just, it, it looks so effortless from him so consistently that that's why I think we keep, we keep coming on here and driving the point home. It's not supposed to look this easy for players at the NBA level. These are not slouches that he's going up against, and yet he was just absolutely money when it counted the most, as he's been all year. Took th- took three total three-pointers, which if you watch the whole game and didn't look at the box score, you would never have guessed that number. There's just yep. no chance because he had the ball in his hands so much, but so many of it was at the different levels, specifically in the mid-range that he was trying to get to over and over. Because it, And it was hard for him around the perimeter because they were purposely making it hard for him. Like They're, they're trying to double him high, and that's going to make it so that like those looks aren't going to be there. But when you look back at the box score and see those three three pointers and you're like, well, that was all he took the entire course of the game. And then two of them were absolute total daggers. The top like the one you said where Tobias lands in the the landing zone and he gets the four point play at a time where they absolutely needed it because that was really late in the game. That was really late in the game where it was kind of not going back and forth because Philly couldn't claim the lead. But Philly was keeping in that game and to extend that to a two possession game at that point was like really important. And then for him to just basically walk up the court and do a little, like little kind of shivy sidestep and then bury the three right after that. And then again, with the Blake thing, we'll talk about it in a second, but those two shots, those are two, those are the only two, three pointers he made the whole game. And they were, and they were just, and, but they proved to be the two most important shots basically of the entire game because that he just took him when he needed to. And he, for, it kind of forced the issue both times. I mean, well, the, the Tobias one was a pretty easy call. Like he was pretty much open and Tobias screwed up. But like the other one was kind of a rhythm heat check kind of thing. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm just going to I'm going to I'm just going to walk up the court and take this. <laughs> right. Like if I'm <laughs> if I'm given a sliver of daylight here, it's going up and it went up and it went in. We're going to get into maybe I have one more thing on Kevin Durant. And then we're going to get into uh, veteran Blake Griffin back out on the floor and doing a little bit of damage. But before we do, got to tell you about our friends over at Truebill. And that's because it's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. And that's because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel the unwanted subscriptions and that you'll even go ahead and negotiate some better rates for you. So listen, we all have, whether it's the, the TV apps, different platforms, subscriptions for things that are helping you manage your money and it turns out you're actually spending more money than you're saving for yourself. Let Truebill give you a hand on it. They could even get you a little bit of a better price point as well. Over 2 million users have been helped by Truebill, saving them over $100 million. Don't fall for the subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. The last piece before we get into Blake Griffin here on Kevin Durant, I do just want to say, um, he clearly is energized by being surrounded by these rookies and, and understanding mm-hmm. there's, there is this balanced piece of running him ragged, et cetera. But, but he, he is buoyed by the idea of coming into now these last two games where, where you know he, he's on social media at times. Everyone's saying, ah, boy, it's going to be a rough stretch here for the Nets. Can't see them winning a lot of these games. That clearly resonates with him, and it, it permeates in the game where I just, there's a moment early on, I think it's in the, in the third quarter, he's at the line completing a three-point play, 
while explaining the definition of a foul to whoever picked it up on him. He's literally mid dribble and preparing to shoot being like, that's a foul guy. It's a foul all day. Swish third, you know, three point play. Okay. I'll see at the other end. It's just the dude is absolutely in love with playing basketball. And that makes it, it makes it so easy to watch. So, I mean, that, that was my last thing on him before we get over to Blake. Oh, and like, well, I, actually, just it it it, um, it transitions to Blake really well because we'll start from the ending with Blake here. Blake has, you know, been out of the rotation for a long time, mostly of his own doing. Like it was, look, he was looking the very definition of washed for a while. So I, I totally get it. I thought that was the right move at the time, mm-hmm. and he steps into this game and basically the last two because he's been called on for to to need to play a lot of minutes just because they're so shorthanded and they just need. Actually, a guy with specifically with his skill set actually helps in situations like this because he's sort of a calming influence over the the offense at times because he just won't he won't make tons of mistakes like he's um he's just, he's pretty like not mistake prone even if like the athleticism is totally gone. But you get to the end of this game where the three pointers have still been a struggle. He, they, teams are begging him to shoot. They want him to shoot the three. They would let they would let him stand at the three point line and like no one no one's ever running out toward him because mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's free money for the other team. And Kevin Durant gets doubled and he gets out of the double team by getting like by passing over to, to Blake, who uh foul line extended just buries a three, and that was the game. And the look that Durant like Durant gave him the look. I don't think that he didn't speak, he just stared at him. He basically headbutted him, stared at him for what felt I mean almost like an uncomfortable amount of time because they were so locked <laughs> in. And it was but it was like such a cool moment because it really did pay off that Blake had played a very physical, very good game. And then the one thing that he's really not been able to do with any kind of consistency was just hit three for him to hit it in that moment felt it just felt awesome. Oh, of course. Yeah. And by the way, that that moment after he hits it, he's smirking as Kevin Durant. It, it feels well, he knows like he's it. staring through him, but it is that smirk. Yeah, of it. There, was, it. Yeah. there was some verbalization there from from Blake of saying like the trust. It, it was like, you know, thanks for trusting me, essentially. Right. And that, you know, listen, it's not easy. We talked a lot about the rookies and we'll get to them about wanting them to take their shots. Right. Being willing to shoot it when, when you're Blake Griffin, man. And at one point he had missed 17, 18, I think 19 straight three pointers like. You're a before veteran. Before last game. Before last yes, game. Yes, like, prior, yeah, yes. Prior yeah. to last game. Yes, thank you. Um, but but when you're a veteran like that, at some point, like I know it's like, well, I can lean on the fact that I've done this. I, I can get back to it. But there probably is a spot, especially as you get older, you go, maybe this is a part of my, you know, this is just fading for me and I can't lean that anymore. Then you get, then you get DNP'd. Now you're out of the rotations. And as you say, you get this little chance here, these last couple of games out of purely out of necessity. Yeah. And outside of that triple, which is massive, and you and I said before we got on, thought he took five three-point attempts. I thought he knocked down two or three of them. That was the only one that he made, but it looked good when he was taking those shots. And then it's the other end, too. Had took multiple charges, and that is an element that I think we've, we, we've seen it permeate in other players, that attitude. And that's something that, going back to when he was playing, even when it didn't look great, we kept coming back to that of having that identity inside of a team is really important. And that's what Blake Griffin is. And I think, especially in this little run here, it's not always going to be sexy from him, but you need a little bit of this, that, that, that toughness. You need a couple of guys that are willing to stick their nose into really difficult spots. And Blake, I think, has done a nice job these last two games reminding us that he may need chunks of rest. He may not be able to do this for five, six, seven, eight games in a row, but he still can be a really valuable piece for the Nets to lean on at times. 
Yeah, look, the athleticism for him is gone. It's it's okay. We've known this. It's like there's the the burst is not there anymore. The quick trigger stuff is not there for him anymore. Um, it was such a big part of his game for the, basically the entirety of his career. That's why he was jumping over cars and dunk contests, right? Like this guy was the peak athletic sort of just kind of dude poster, the poster child for athleticism really at some point in the NBA. It's not there for him anymore. He's reinvented himself. It wasn't totally working. He needed the rest. We kind of thought that that was the case, right? Like, because the thing with him is, and we see this again tonight, is when he's on the court now, this version of Blake is a really physical, leave it on the court kind of guy. And when you're old, it's really hard to do that. That's why you do not see a lot of old players doing this like later in their career. They can't. They can't. You cannot sustain it. You can't sustain the part where you're, fall, fall, you're getting knocked on the ground all the time. Like, you know, you're, you're getting bodied completely in the post. This is a really hard physical game for him against basically the second best center, but probably the most physical center in, in all of basketball in Joel Embiid. And like he held up for the most part, but you can see why you can't do this 20 games in a row. Right. Like he needs like he's going to need to take breaks. And it was almost like fortuitous that he took this long break and was able to come back now sort of rejuvenated enough to play 32 minutes. And his line was, you know, short of the three, the one three he made the overall just just line was good. 17 points, nine rebounds, two assists like this was a very, very good game from him, all things considered, and especially considered who he was going up against in the post. Yeah, and I think you said seven to sixteen from the field, so it, it's a it's a decent line for him from a shooting standpoint, and that's a lot. It is a lot of shot attempts for him for a guy that hasn't been playing. You you will be su- surprised to see that high of a volume for him. And then you did mention like on the offensive end, I think the thing that he's leaned into, he is a good passer. Like he does, he obviously yeah. understands court spacing. Got some nice little dump offs uh, from Kevin Durant going at the rim a couple of times. The two assists is almost misleading because I think. We've talked about it before. If you treated it like hockey, right? What's the first pass that leads to the second one that leads to the shot? Griffin was involved in a handful of those as well. So when you're when you have this many rookies out there on the court at times, and we saw a similar kind of trend in the start of the third quarter where things got a little hectic, having Blake Griffin there, it's paid dividends for the Nets, obviously. So it's nice to see him kind of routing himself into the form. Um, we're gonna get into the rookies. Almost, I want to add in. I'm gonna mention Nick Claxton here because I think there's other things from a rookie standpoint we want to get to. But you mentioned about the physicality. He went down. Oh, my I, God. I cannot believe, and you, you tweeted it out, could not believe this guy's arm is still attached to his body. Because How? How? He, and it is a difference, right? If that's Blake Griffin, this isn't about Griffin the player, but an older player, you do not get up from that. The way that Claxton sat there for a minute and got himself back to his feet. But it was Joel Embiid came in, went to the basket, nothing dirty, didn't get underneath him, but oh, it was yeah. the timing of it got swept out. Everybody, including Embiid, <laughs> gathered around him to see if he was all right. I, I could not, full body weight, all onto his left shoulder, and he managed to get up from it. Now, that's the physical part that Nicholas Claxton's been trying to lean into more. This is another difficult matchup for him. Good to see him get up and good to see him play physical as well. I just want to lump those kind of together. Here. And by the way, he um, had a really good game. I, I know he only played 22 minutes and the shoulder yeah. thing looked really bad at the end. His game was was actually just like quicker trigger than he'd been playing for. The, like his decision making was much faster in this game. He was actually finishing up and around the rim in a way that's not hasn't been his really calling card in the NBA, The especially off offensive rebounds or just times where he gets the ball in the post. That's not on a lob. It sometimes looks, it takes absolutely forever for him to kind of just gear up and get up toward the basket. That looked a little different. Like he had a couple of floaters in this game that looked really nice. Like it was, yeah. I think sometimes too, and, and this will kind of go into the rookies also. 
I think the the confidence that you get when you know you're probably not going to get subbed out for because there's very few options, I actually think that makes these guys play a little differently. Like, I think that w- when there's no other option, like, and this is just kind of it. Like, there's Dayron Sharp, and that's kind of it behind you. Like, you're not going to get taken out by a mis- for a mistake um, for the most part. I actually think it changes the way, the mentality of how you play because you just play looser, right? Like, and, and I think we've seen that over the last couple of games, and I thought that was the case with Claxton tonight because he was doing a few things differently, like getting the ball in the lane, taking it to the basket, and then pulling up for the floater. Like, that's just not something he's really done. And could not believe, could not believe those were going in. Those are usually the ones where it looks odd, looks clunky, and does not go down. But he had a couple of nice ones, like you said. It's just right <laughs> when you talk about extending your range from one foot to four feet. But that, but that matters for Claxton because that's oh, a huge difference right. offensively. It's a huge difference for him because it it makes it just a little bit more of a threat. Like it's not something that's really in his bag. He's not going to ever become a perimeter player at this point. I think we kind of know that, or at least the version of him here is not going to do that. But if he can add this, like a little bit of offensive, just confidence around that stuff at times, it will make a big difference. So um, yeah, no, he played a good game and I'm still totally floored that his shoulder is not dislocated and like they didn't carry his arm off and on a separate stretcher than they did him because it looked totally nuts at the time. A hundred percent. We want to get into the rookies again. There's a lot to dissect here and I, I, uh, I'm, I'm holding myself back, Doug, from overcommitting to some thoughts that I have. As as we know, I'm one to do when I get excited about some of these young players that the Brooklyn Nets have been putting out there. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Bill Bar. You know it's the holiday season, and you want to grab that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better in some cases, you got to reach for a Bill Bar. We know that it's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavors covered in 100% real chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and even fat, and of course, high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and also healthy. Hey, if you're friends with Santa, why not tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars into your stockings? I'm going to give it a shot. Sometimes it turns out to be coal. I've been good this year because I want to get myself a Built Bar. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. You can go ahead and head over to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Head over to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Oh, when we're done with that, you want to get a little action in on the game. Bet Online has you covered for all props odds and lines that you could ever really think about conjure up dream of in a, any sport you can think of as well because you cover all season long football season racing toward the playoffs we know basketball season is right in it heading up toward christmas day is going to be a big one over there bet online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season head on over they got an updated desktop and mobile website super sleek very easy to use you sign up that's totally for free. Just put your name and you know email in there and get going. But then you're going to want to make a deposit when you do. Grab a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit, but you have to use the promo code locked on basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even some Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and beyond. Bet online, fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk about those rookies, my friend, because we wondered what would it look like game number two. Does some of that just high adrenaline that you come into that first opportunity with fade off? Fade off? It, it, it didn't for me. No. Every everybody kept playing their roles, and I, I, listen, you can kind of pick your poison about who you want to start with. I, I'll just 
I'll footnote Kessler Edwards in some ways since we really highlighted him in the last uh, after that last game against Toronto. 33 minutes, 4-9 and nine from the field, gave you seven rebounds again. He just has a nose for getting rebounds in and around the glass. A couple of assists thrown in there as well. Just, you know, I say just nine points, but only turned the ball over once. Big theme from this game overall was avoiding the turnovers. It got sloppy in the third quarter, as been the case these last two games. But the young players have done a nice job protecting it. Dayron Sharp, no turnovers. Uh, Thomas only had one turnover in this game. And in a somewhat quiet performance, looked effective as well. But I mean, wh- where do you want to go? Because I do want to spend a little bit of time on what was a pretty impressive performance out of Dayron Sharp. Just 13 minutes, but the sample sizes are nice from him. Okay, so what the first thing is, what I think we're going to see is that the, uh, this group of veterans, it, besides just the health impact, is going to be pretty bummed that they got COVID here because these guys have shown in these last couple games that they need to be playing minutes. Like there's, they've played their way, specifically Edwards has played his way into the rotation here that in a way that is going to be weird. I think if all of a sudden he's not playing anymore and like Paul Millsap's playing, <laughs> right? Like that's I a think big, that's that he, a big chunk of, of where, of where I'm at is that like, doesn't matter who it gets taken away from Kessler Edwards has to have minutes going forward. Yeah. And like, I, he's not a total Ch- Jeff Green comp, but he's probably the closest approximation that they have to what Jeff Green was able to give them between the spacing and sort of like some of the defensive stuff and the size and length and his ability to get on the boards, which he's re- was showed again. He's got a really good nose for the ball. Like, this is, again, he's not Jeff Green, but they really, you know, we've seen at times this idea where they were missing Jeff Green's, like the specific things he was bringing to the team, specifically the spacing and the ability ability to kind of get to the rim when he needed to. Mm-hmm. Edwards can kind of do those things in a way that the guys that aren't playing can't. Like James Johnson really can't do that. Bembry can't do that. Millsap 100% can't do that. And so um, it's going to be really... Extend it. By the way, I extended thinking about when Joe Harris comes back at any point. Not you know, this is a nice, this is the nice secondary guy to have in in that combination. Well, wait till James Harden gets back, a guy who can actually distribute the ball. Because my biggest was what will he look like with James Harden? Because his offensive game can really start to open up if you have Harden on the court, right? And so, like, and I will talk about Duke in a second. But the part where. Like sometimes the single hardest thing to find in the NBA is three and D guys, and they're never they're they're never your best player, but all the good teams have a couple of them, <laughs> right? Like that's kind of the rule around the NBA is that these guys can kind of just swap around teams, but if you don't have any of them, you can kind of see the difference. And the Nets really at this point didn't have any of them. It's masked a lot because Durant's so good and Harden is you know for the most part so good that like they don't they don't they need it a little bit less than some other teams, but every team needs it. And if they have found a way that they've unlocked this guy that can kind of fill some of that here, it's still very early, but he's got a ton of poise. And he, I, like I said, I think I'm pretty sure it seems like he filled out. I talked about that last episode. Like he looks bigger than he'd looked around yeah. draft time. So like, I, I he just looks bigger and stronger. Uh, yeah. It's going to be weird. Like if, if Paul, like, I'll tell you right now, people are going to freak and they probably rightfully should. If, if everyone comes back and it's like 15 minutes out of Paul Mills happen, Edwards doesn't play at all and they lose the game or something like that, people are going <laughs> to lose their minds. And, and, and they probably should because at least what we've seen now is that it would be nuts to have him playing more in Long Island than, than in Brooklyn, I think. And that, that's kind of where I stand for him, at least in the short term. I don't think it's a total reaction overreaction either. By the way, I would not say the same thing about the David Duke Jr. So just to compare the, like just to compare these guys and not to say like all the rookies deserve the minutes, 
I actually don't think exactly the same about Duke. But does that make sense about Edwards? Oh, of course. Yeah, because uh, again, when we, we talked about there's minutes out there on this roster and what, where's the position that you've been suffering the most over the course of the season? What Blake Griffin is capable of giving you, Paul Millsap's availability. And then you have James Johnson, who has been a high energy guy, but we've seen those results there. When you look at Kessler Edwards, you just have to acknowledge here's the skill set. It's clearly a set that we do not have in any of these other players right now. And if you think about it just in the long term of this season and what the goal is for the Nets, Kessler Edwards, right now off of a small sample size, but he offers you the highest upside to develop chemistry with these stars with this roster in Brooklyn. He, he, he could pay dividends for you. He could be actually really important for your team with championship aspirations to whatever role that's going to get carved out for. So I 100% agree on that. Whereas with David Duke Jr., not Duke Johnson, as I've tried to do several times, uh, it's interesting because what we've talked about before, plus minus isn't the end all be all. He was plus 20. Had the best plus minus. The defensive side of his game is good. He's two of seven from the field. Again, there's things that you like in his game. I just think that, remember, this is an undrafted rookie that they brought in. So do I think that the Nets have identified a player that they can develop? Yes. Do I think that he's really ready there just yet? No. And it's a double down to what we say about Kessler Edwards. When you look on this roster, well, when Bruce Brown is back, that's the guy that's getting those minutes, and and it, and it makes all the sense in the world for that to be the case. And that's and that's the difference is that it's not that it's nothing against him. It's that his skill set here is a little bit more overlapping with this other things that the Nets already have. It's like this like little bit of secondary ball handling, and he did a good job tonight. They asked they put the ball in his hands a lot. Like he did run, he did kind of have a lot of uh, sort of on ball duties tonight that he really you know that he that he was fine in. Um, it's just mostly that they, they kind of have a couple of guys that are not too dissimilar to him. Cutters, slashers can spend time on ball if they need to. The shooting is not really there. The defense is really good. It's all good. But I guess my point is that he doesn't really like they just have a couple guys like this already. And yeah. so I, I think that's and that's mostly the difference. So it's really nothing against him as much as that. It's just like a redundant asset in that way. And so he played great. And I'm happy to have him here. And it's really nice that they have a guy like this that they can just kind of bring up, um, you know, break glass in case of emergency. But I don't think that, like, I don't think we'll be clamoring for his skill set as much as we will for Edwards. And I think that's kind of the difference. And I and kudos to both because they both play really well. So I, it's it's less it's more about Edwards and not really, you know, anti Duke here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on the uh, I'll footnote, uh, Cam Thomas. Before I want to ask you the question on on Dayron Sharp's game. Cam Thomas again, twenty five minutes, three of six. Uh, I, I like it though. Four rebounds, four assists. Again, just the one turnover. I think that you're seeing him again navigate this path to being a well rounded player at yeah. the NBA level, and it's understandable that the hiccups are going to be difficult because it's it's unique to what he was used to doing at the college level. Give me the ball, I'm going to go score. So. The stat lines and the performances may not look as sexy as when he's really lighting it up, but I think these are just as important for him as anything you're going to see over the course of the year, and he's going to be just as important inside of this rotation, I think, over the course of it. Um, uh, real quick da- about him, too. Yeah. Made a great transition read um, like in a shot that I think if it was summer league, he would have put up himself. Like he, Like he was coming down in transition, and I think if we're going back to July or whatever summer league was, I think that's when he's coming down and it's sort of like a, uh, it was an even, it was an even fast break, but 
he probably would have gone into the mid range or gone to the basket. Instead, he kind of stops, pulls up, and actually goes whips across court to Edwards, who's yes. open for the three. And I was like, oh, that's such like to me. I just made a note that was like that is an interesting development for him because it was not horse blinders to the basket in a place where he definitely could have been. Like he yep. definitely could. It's a situation where most times you can just kind of laser focus on the basket and get there if you're Cam Thomas didn't do that went across court and uh and hit Edwards for the three and I thought that was just yeah, it's a minor thing but it's just it's definitely a thing that shows that hey passing is becoming a little bit more a part of his game 13 minutes for Dayron Sharp another five you, you got it in. for him we got the, we got the we got the day around. I'd have to get there. I had to get there. But 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 my question about him is though. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to talk about him. Yeah, it's thir- it's thirteen. <laughs> um, we're pressed up against the clock, but I, I we're not going to get out here uh, without contractually about obligated it. to mention Dayron Sharp whether he plays. <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> I have I have a bit of a partnership with Dayron specifically, but thirteen minutes from him. The, the real question that I want to ask is that if you think that Blake Griffin is going to need these these big spurts of rest, it, we we know what Lamarcus Aldrich's game is. Looking at Claxton's minutes, I know he falls on his shoulder, but I just I am kind of getting a little curious about if if we start to think about because we said last episode you can't play them both at the same time. Obviously, they'd be a detriment to one another. But I just I have this wonder of, uh, you know, is Claxton ever going to be a 35, 40 minute a game guy? No. Probably not. And I start to wonder if you get this nice combination of defensive versatility from Claxton over 20, 25 minutes. And then you can sprinkle in Dayron for 10 and say, you're big. You can take on some matchups in a probably at least effective way relative to anybody else that you have. Maybe you don't want to put that on the Marcus Aldrich for big stretches in some of these games too. It's just a curiosity because he did play uh, Embiid well. He played him smart. Yeah. He didn't make a lot of big mistakes. And I think that that was just a nice sign too. Well, however far we want to take that. It's all been good for him uh, in these in this limited run. I think that it's probably going to stay limited, so I don't think that we should start dreaming on like twenty minutes a game for him. But I mean, if he's not playing twenty minutes in these games, and he's just it's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think, in, at least in the short term, made a couple great reads, made an un, like an awesome read to Edwards on the short roll. Um, that Edwards then actually made another good one because he passed it to, to Cam and they hit the three. Yes. Uh, so sort of a perfect combo deal. Exactly. Basically, everyone did ex- everything exactly correctly in that moment, um, which you really so like great to see. for rookies to be involved. Yeah. All three rookies touching the ball and making the exact right play. Those are very high IQ play by by Dayron and very, frankly, by Kessler too. like to, to, to go one more pass because he wasn't totally buried there in the corner um, and still gave it up. And so. And these guys played in the G League together, right? You have to remember these three players have had experience with one another. So that's some, yeah. yeah, it pays dividends when you're when you're up at the pros. And it's a, and it's a testament to the Nets uh, front office and and just the entire coaching staff here that there's an understanding about sort of like what's supposed to be going on. Like this is organizational, this is organizational um, consistency, and yeah. it's not a mistake when you get next man up kind of stuff. And these guys have just come up and they're and they're playing very smart basketball from the jump. It just it doesn't happen. I think they drafted correctly. We kind of saw that in the in the summer league. It was like kind of obvious that they had had something with each one of these guys. Um that this these weren't, you know, just kind of roll the dice draft picks. I think they took time in knowing who they were getting. And then the development has paid dividend, dividends already because they're just making smart basketball plays right out of the gate. And that's just not we really shouldn't underrate that. So I think, you know, we're not going to see tons of them because these guys are going to get healthy and 
you know, there's egos to manage and there's just stuff that you need to do. And it's not like the other guys were playing poorly anyway, like, you know, James Johnson and stuff. So they should come back and play. I do think you're going to see less Javon Carter now, probably like if we're just looking at how this is going to shake out, like we have to probably see left less Javon Carter and less Paul Millsap. Like, I just don't know how those guys are getting tons more minutes than what we're seeing these guys here. And so I think that that's going to be an interesting subplot, but I mean, a plus from the a plus from the rookies, man, like these last two games have been, there was no letdown in this one. No, it's been incredible. Uh, the Nets will have the Orlando Magic up next. And now off of these two games, maybe it's another opportunity to control the minutes for Kevin Durant. And as we said, depleted Nets roster, but you give yourself an opportunity here to navigate these difficult games. Uh, we'll, 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 probably, we'll talk about it. We'll circle back onto it next week. Protocols are getting updated around the NBA. It's going to make it a little bit more feasible for some players to get back on the court more quickly. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But listen, the last two games where we anticipated nothing beyond taking away positives and not worrying about the results. Turns out the Nets just keep winning and keep themselves in first place as we hit the weekend. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No, no, none <laughs> of the veterans of the team get Kevin Durant. No <laughs> problem. Uh, got to get over to YouTube uh, again. We say this every episode, but it bears repeating that like we're just so appreciative of everything that's happening over in YouTube. Uh, some really, really great downloads, awesome comments. Try to get in there, respond to everything else. Join the conversation over there. I will put the link in the show notes. Like and subscribe to the Locked On Nets YouTube channel. Blake Griffin has taken the second most charges in the league behind only Kyle Lowry, even with all the games he hasn't played. That's about doing the dirty work. And in that vein, work ethic is important because unlike intelligence, athleticism, charisma, or any other natural attribute, it's a choice. Mike Rowe. Oh, Dirty, jo- dirty jobs from the micro. See there we go. You see, you see, do you see what I'm doing, Doug? If you you, you got to appreciate it here on a that Friday. guy gets grit. That guy gets grit more than anybody. Put on the denim and get to work. All right. Well, one of the all time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. <laughs>